Well, hello, everybody, and it's time for another episode of the Wednesday Windup. It has been so long since we've been behind this microphone, but it is so good to be back. Mitch, my co-host, once again, joining me full-time now. We were only, to do, only able to do one hour due to scheduling for the last semester, but now it's a full two hours of sports talk, and I could not be more excited to be here today. What about you, Mitch? How Let's go, dude. The summer is over. There's uh, an NFL season about to kick off. Both our MLB teams are in the pl- are in the playoff picture right now. My world famous uh, World Series prediction is still alive. Like, what a time to be alive, Jack Heim. What a time to be alive! My goodness, the origins of that. Stop oh, that. Oh no, I love it. No, I don't. Touch them all, Jack. touch them, touch them all, <laughs> <laughs> touch them all, Joe. No, You'll but, never hit a bigger home run. But um, absolutely love it. Um, and it's just so great to be back. And we got to dive right into MLB stuff because there's been so much going on. Players trying to go for milestones, teams trying to break playoff droughts, and there's just it's an exciting year in Major League Baseball. Maybe the two longest teams at the playoff droughts will finally break them, the Mariners yes. and the Phillies. Let's right go. now in wild card spots and in certainly in good positions to make the postseason. It would be exciting for both of those markets that have been held out of playoff baseball for such a long time. But how about the Mariners, man? Rodriguez? A lot of lot of like there in Seattle. You know, they started the season off so rough. You know, they were in fourth place in the AL West in in mid May around Memorial Day towards the ending, and it's just you know you thought maybe this is going to be another disappointing season in the Pacific Northwest, but yep. they've done a great job to turn it around. Julio Rodriguez has burst onto the scene. He's awesome. Ty France has been phenomenal. I mean, he's been faltering as of late, but you know, be- really before the All Star game and all the way throughout the July. You know, marker of the season. Ty France has been so good. Carlos Santana trade has been nice. Robbie Ray <laughs> is starting to come around. So a lot of pieces have fallen into place for this Mariners squad, and they have fully solidified their case uh, in amongst the wild card teams, right there with the Blue Jays and the Rays. Yeah, it's good to see Carlos Santana's uh, TV destruction phase is over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I love watching the Mariners though. Uh, any chance I get to see some of their their highlights is is always really fun. I, if I remember correctly, it was like June. When they went on a tear uh, and really started turning that franchise around and putting them on a collision course with the playoffs, and I just—it's it, the one team that has it worse than the Phillies uh, over the last couple decades. So I really have found myself rooting for them quite consistently throughout the season. You know, just seeing them and and the Phils make it would just be really really cool. Get those long droughts out of the way. Um, and another another team that I've been uh, you know kind of watching from afar has been these uh these Yankees with Aaron Judge just going absolutely ballistic but the team really as you've seen Jack and everyone else knows is just crumbling right now and there's really no explanation that I've I've come up with that would explain the the tale of two halves here absolutely you know again back to the Mariners just before we oh go sorry I didn't mean it I thought I thought you were done it's all good it. it's all good I just have one more point to add so oh, it's yeah. nothing like that but just again I, I love it to see the playoff draft thing that you mentioned we have to go back to that because it's just so good for the sport you don't like to see you know even if you really don't like the teams that you root against I mean it's just not good for the sport of baseball to see teams like that be kept out of the playoffs for so long I disagree I mean uh, that's I'd true. be fine with never seeing the Braves or Mets in the playoffs ever again ever I know but that like there's no happy medium because you don't like any of the other teams in your division so like whoever makes it no, dude, because the Marlins are a joke. Yeah, but I don't like the Marlins. 
I, I, I don't either, like but they're all. a joke. I know they're not a threat in the playoffs, but I, I could go the rest of my life never watching Joe Buck on a broadcast and hearing, oh, down in, uh, what do they play, Truist? Truist yeah, Park? Yeah, Truist Park. Yeah. So I agree with you in terms of like the bitter rivals, but it's like, if the Mets don't win the division for me, I'm not going to be happy whoever wins it regardless. So it's like if a team has a drought, I'm not going to be as mad if they make the playoffs, especially if they finish below my team, than I would if someone else made it like a team who's made it every year. You I feel like those saying? are the those are the teams I would want more to miss. I love, I love that David Akers was able to say, like, the last time Dallas was in a Super Bowl, these draft picks weren't born. That's true, but that is a little different. I love that. I love being able to say that you guys aren't relevant anymore. No, I think anyone rooting against their their rivals, that trumps what's good for the sport. At least in my arrogant mind. That's true. I was <laughs> I also could have I also You're also a better person than me, so <laughs> But I mean also it's just I don't know. There there's definitely two sides to that coin, but I certainly understand your perspective and agree with you in some aspects of it. Yeah, that's so, a really interesting uh, topic we didn't even discuss. Yeah, no. That just kind of came up. It did. Just branched off of a conversation. But again, the Yankees, yeah, I mean, what is going on in the Bronx? It's been <laughs> since the All-Star break. It's been, it's been bad. They lost a series to the Athletics. I mean, whew, that is not good. Lost one to the Angels. Beat them yesterday, but they lost the first game out in out in L.A. I mean, they're losing games to bad baseball teams. Like, we're not going to sugarcoat it. The A's and Angels are not good baseball teams. You just have to call it what it is. And really, the Angels has been disappointing for how they started the season. That really was you know, shocking, wasn't it? Yeah, with Trout and Otani, I mean, they are wasting them. I mean, Otani, I think, is as good as gone. I've said this in you know off the air. But it's just, I think he's gone after next year. Really? They trade him, whether he walks in free agency. Shohei Otani said multiple times he wants to be in a winning organization. And the Angels haven't been that for the greater part of a decade. So, again, it's just really bad for the sport of baseball that two premier players are nowhere even close to the playoff race. It really is tragic because they are so fun to watch. I I will never forget uh, going back to, I believe it was 2021 opening weekend, and the Phillies swept the Braves. And then it was Sunday night baseball, and I I was hungry, so I went down to the kitchen. I was like, ah, baseball's back. Let me turn on Sunday night baseball. And it was the Angels playing – could have been the White Sox. I think it was the White Sox, actually. But I remember turning it on, and they're talking about this guy, Otani, and he pitched the top of the first, one, two, three. I'm like, oh, the pitcher's batting already? What do they do, bat around? No, there's, like, one guy on, nobody out, and he cranks one to right field, you know? Uh, Who was it? Matt Vesturgeon. And first pitch crushing! I think it was that home run. And I was so enthralled by Otani. And, of course, Trout is just, he's so good. But I just love watching those two guys play. And you're right. It is a shame to totally watch them just on a terror. It's like if Mahomes was on the Commanders. Absolutely. Well, before we get back to that conversation, a quick message from the KUR Notebook. Attention KU community. KUR podcast a good sampling of our programming regularly on multiple different platforms. Some of our best talk programming can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Simply open your Spotify or Apple Podcast and search for Kutztown University Radio and listen to the many great podcasts featured. Some of our older podcasted programming is still available on YouTube. Search for Kutztown University Radio to find them. Finally, some of our best music-based programming is podcasted on Mixcloud. Go to our Mixcloud page at www.mixcloud.com slash KUradio to listen on demand. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Back to the discussions about disappointing uh, team performances and really wasting prime athletes. I think it's a good comparison, Mitchell Mahomes on the Commanders. I mean, that would yeah. just be terrible. I it mean, would be awful. And uh, you, Soto was in danger of the same thing, and he got out. 
and he still might be wasted. <laughs> the Padres are just such an interesting team. What is going on? <laughs> it's just there's so many weird, weird teams playing they, so badly right now. You want to talk about the Padres? I mean, Josh Hader has been abysmal since going oh, to the Padres. Because that, Matt Veerling and Alec Bohm broke him. That's yeah. what happened. Yeah, that that's bad. It when, hasn't been the same, Josh. When, when you get when you get taken deep by Matt Verling as a premier pitcher, you really just have to take a step back and look in the mirror. I mean, no disrespect to Matt Verling, dude. I watched Matt Verling homer live, bro. No, He's do not disrespect his, Matt He carved Verling. his way to the major leagues. He has like, a car shield commercial. That man is a public figure. Dang, him yeah, and Pete Alonso have car shield commercials. Oh, does Pete Alonso have one? Pete, you got to up your game. I saw man. Walker you get Bueller has one. Deal. Yeah, it's uh, no, no. Matt Verling has been uh, coming up with big hits all year. But Josh Hader and and now Soto and uh, oh my God the the situation with the PEDs that's just that's a whole other I mean, story. Ringworm medication. Sorry, <laughs> my bad. I get those two confused all the time. Yeah, it's a pretty. Uh, it's a good thing we. Have, it's a good thing we have that disclaimer at the beginning of the show. Yep. Yeah. You know what? It is. It is a good label to have. But you know, I think we gotta just go back to the Yankees before we dissect everything else. Yep. It's just Judge is chased to pass Maris. It's. Full on. It's just honestly, it's more of a when than an if at this point. He's ten away with just over a month to go in the season, about thirty games or so. He should be able to get over that, and really, that would be a remarkable feat because, as we know, up to this point, Judge is clean of any PED use, and Maris's record. You know, some have say the sixty-one is still the true record, despite you know McGuire, Sosa, and Bonds all surpassing his sixty-one. Right. But we all know the history of what they did in the era that it has been labeled, but. And we have our companion, Josh, in the production room holding up a sign that says, Matt Veerling is the GOAT. Yes, he is. Dude, okay. So, Hello, Josh, I, I was about to comment earlier on uh, when we first came on the show, and we're broadcasting live with Josh Toot yelling in the background. I can hear him through my headphones. But Josh has just made up for it with that sign. What a guy. Uh, well, He's so in tune with the sport. <laughs> He's so in tune That with is a the nuanced, sport. highly accurate take, Josh. Yeah, our, um, our acquaintance. Let's, let's our coworker. Our, no, yeah, we our don't pay, we don't get paid for this. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But um, our yeah, our our friend Josh holds up that interesting sign. Previous that I host of with. Redneck Rush Hour, Josh Toot over there with the sign of the day. Matt Veerling is the goat. But anyway, Judge certainly on pace to pass it, and it would be a great feat. And I'm sure many Yankee fans want him to stay in the Bronx for a long time coming. Heck, Uh-oh. even some Mets fans. Even some Mets fans wanted to come to Queens. Uh, there was a Mets fan at the Dodgers game last night with a Mets Judge 99 jersey. <laughs> I don't like that. Stop that. That's just tomfoolery. Um, you That's know, a great word to sum up the Mets. Okay. Well, let's punt the brakes on that. Not okay. this year. Not this year. Uh, I can agree with you in past years. Not There's this year. still a month to go, Jack. <sighs> no, honestly, though, we'll, we'll get to it. But, I mean, we'll finish up with the Yankees before we get to the Mets. We'll just stay in New York for a little bit here. The Yankees really should be much better. They're going to make the playoffs. They still I I was shocked. I checked the the standings. I saw it was like they had like an 11 game lead, then it was 9 and now it was like 8 last time I checked. And I'm like, "How is it only only 8? Like it should be like 4 by this point, but it's not cuz like Jack told me the other day, other teams just keep losing and losing and losing and they're, you know, the the Rays, the Blue Jays and the uh the Orioles, Red Sox. That division is no one like Jack said is going on a run to catch them. So they're going to take their division crown, and they're going to. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. Absolutely, and yeah, absolutely. I think it's just there's no chance anyone else wins the division but the Yankees. Even with how much they have been scuffling for the past couple months, they've just been average enough to keep that division lead. 
Yep. You know, pretty pretty big. Eight games is a lot to make up in a month. Exactly. But the Mets blew a seven game lead in a week. Uh, no seven. So anything wow. is possible. <laughs> yep. I forgot about that. Yep. Yeah. The Phillies said, "Oh, not so fast." Look at the scene yeah. on the field. Yeah, my dad. My dad always always brings that up. Uh, if he goes on a tirade about the Mets, you know, going to collapse. The Mets are just yeah. Well, let's talk about the Mets because they're looking in the rear view at Atlanta, the team we both picked to win this division and at least, and it could happen still. Well, Mitch, uh, I'm going to preview something we'll talk about in a little bit, just some breaking out of the NFL, and there was a trade made by the Philadelphia Eagles, but we'll get to that. Oh, we'll get another to that. one? Another one, yes. Not Gardner? No, no, it's another one outside of that, but oh. we'll get to that in our NFL segment. We gotta, oh, no. we got to stick with the Mets. Can you tell me what position? Uh, they traded a wide receiver. Oh, baby! We'll, we'll get to oh, it. We'll ba- get, okay, we'll he's not going to... I will make this promise to the listeners. I will not have Jack tell me... I will not look at my phone... If Jalen Rager has gotten traded, you'll hear my reaction live. Yeah, you will hear. This is going. This could be the best day later. of my life. But yes, so that there there is a breaking trade in the NFL. We'll get to it. Um, but back to the Mets. I mean, what a year it's been. Eighty-two and forty-seven, I believe, after the loss last night to the Dodgers. They just started a big three-game set at City Field, and that atmosphere last night, like just like it's been. Pretty much all year, especially after June, because you know, first two months it's hard to gauge crowds because yep. it's still so early on in the year. But yeah, everyone's once, just glad to be back. And once the Mets yeah. were like, you know, deemed a legitimate contender, uh, these crowds have been so phenomenal, night in and night out. They have been packing City Field, and they've been making it one of the best atmospheres in all of baseball. But outside of that, you have to look at the team performance in the field. It's been phenomenal. Some of the new acquisitions have been great. Mark Hanna's had a hot 14 games, oh, 12 no. extra base hits, including some big ones against the Braves and Phillies, oh, which no. Mitch knows all too familiar, <laughs> and so does Tom McCarthy. Tom McCarthy, Fly my ball, man. left field. Fly ball, left field, going back. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> and that will give the Mets the lead. Candace two-run shot, and the Mets won that thriller 10-9 I in Citizens Bank. was so upset. Oh, Nothing shocking. What you're saying about the Mets is so true. Though. What did I tell you? The night we watched the uh, – it was the Apple TV game. The first one of a three-game set up in Queens where, uh, actually, Matt Veerling saved the game with a, a throw out of, was it? Starling, uh, Marte. Starling Marte. at home, uh, only to be uh, brought in, I believe, in the next inning. But, uh, yeah, the Phillies went on to win 2-1. to one. However, I told Jack, the Narco, the song that Edwin Diaz walks out to, uh, Timmy Trumpet, that is the single coolest uh stadium moment I've seen all year. That was absolutely, like, my hair was, like, standing up, chills as he walked. They didn't even go to commercial because they're like, people need to see this. The people want to know, Jack, what's going on in City Field, which is upsetting, but it you, you have to you have to tip your cap, and that was a, a really cool moment. And he is just pitching great. He's just awesome. Yes, Diaz, I think, is the best closer in baseball this year. But I think one of the great things is, for the viewers at home, you know, you get to see that entrance at the field. But something the SMY broadcast has done a phenomenal job of, uh, you know, as a out-of-market viewer and being able to see this team night in and night out watching the games, except for the blackout Phillies ones. But they don't cut to commercial when Diaz is coming onto the field. They have multiple camera angles showing him going onto the field, cueing the music. It's like you were seeing it live at the stadium with the viewership you're getting on the TV at home. So... SMY, the broadcaster, needs a lot of credit for the work they've done over the season to make that entrance as a viewer on television that much more electric to watch. So it's just phenomenal. Tip my cap to them. But yeah, credit to everyone but Keith. uh, Yeah, to Keith. Hey, you know, Philly's defense has been faltering of late, but we'll get to them. A little bit, but not drastically different than the Mets at all. We were leading the Mets in defense for a while. 
Yeah. We'll get to that, though. But we have a, just a little bit more before a quick message from our station, and then we'll be back. Glad you're paying attention to that. I uh, forgot. <laughs> but the Mets, but the Mets, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. They lead a tight and least race. The Braves have been on their tails for majority of the season. Oh, no, it was not tight for a while. Since June, it's been tight. You I mean, guys were up, like, ten games in May. Braves. Ten games in May. That's a, that's a lot. Yeah, but through June, like, June was weird because I was hyped that the Phillies, after they fired Girardi, were on this nine-game run. But the Mets were on like a five or six game run, and the Braves were on like a fourteen game run. Like no one was losing in our division, and it was really frustrating because like I'd win four more games since the last time I checked the standings, and I'm like, great, how far back are the Phils? Oh, still double digits. How great. Well, Thanks, we'll get Joe. Well, we'll get back to the NL East. A quick message from our station, but we'll be right back here with the Wednesday windup. Ahoy, mateys. Ahoy, mateys. Yes. <laughs> I mean, what a message. Just what a message. But welcome back to the Wednesday Wind Up here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Don't you mean... 1670 AM. Don't you mean KUR. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Oh, my goodness, Mitch. You're, you never fail to amaze me with the comments you make. But <laughs> diving right back into the baseball content, we were deeply in discussions about the National League East and the current state of the division, you know, going back and how close this race is now. And it wasn't always this close, like you mentioned. The Mets yeah. had a 10-game lead on the Braves in May. But again... May is a long time away from now. That's just how long the baseball season is. And that's what makes baseball the most intriguing sport to me because unlike any other sport, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. In the NFL, it's 16 games. And while everyone means so much over the span of, you know, the four or five month sequence, it starts in September, ends uh, in February. So, you know, it's just different. It's, it's over the course of Almost over half of a calendar year starts in yep. you know late March, early April sometimes, and then like, you know like next year it's going to start March thirtieth. But you know April all the way to October, so it is a long season that you need a boatload of players to get through. Not just the original twenty six you start with; there are many more that factor into it. So again, that's what makes succeeding in baseball, in my mind, one of the toughest things in all of sports, just because not only the duration of the regular season, but how arduous the playoffs are, also. But yeah, you know, I mean, look at the math of it real quick before you, you know, pivot. Football is, uh, well, for the longest time it was 16. Now it's 17 games. Yep, yep, so let's yep. go with the 16 because it makes my math easier. Baseball, 162. I mean, I'm not great with numbers, but uh, that comes out to just about, you know, 10 games to one ratio. One football game that you watch is equivalent to roughly 10 games in the MLB. Crazy stuff can happen in 10 games. Absolutely. And, you know, and these guys are playing every day. I mean, there's not yeah. a lot of off days. You know, you have the, the week for the all-star break, but that's really the that's only it. long break you get throughout the season. You know, you get, a, you get an off day thrown in here and there. You know, you get maybe two, three a month uh, if you're lucky. But, you know, it's it's tough. It's a long season and, uh, you know, not a lot of rest days for these guys. So, you know, people can make the, the, the take that baseball players are not the toughest and, you know, most athletic guys in the world, but it, it's tough. It's tough to go out there. And there's guys, especially who play every day, like the Francisco Lindors of the world that just come to mind because they're on my favorite team. That guy never takes a rest day. I feel like he's always out there. And, you know, and Bryce Harper, when he's healthy, he doesn't take that many off days either. Nope. So it's just the stars of the game, they play every single day, and that's what you pay for as a fan, and that's what you love to get. But again, now going back to the NL East race, I mean, the Mets and the Braves have been tangling for the top now for the past couple of months. The Phillies have been, you know, a mainstay in the wild card race now uh, since, you know, about late June. July ish. Oh, no, it was since, uh, yeah, it was only like the last month that we 
got in. Yeah, but to you the got picture. hot under Thompson. Like, in, like right before the All Star break, you were getting there. You were on the cusp. And right, we were just after. so far back. We had so much ground to make up that it was like at toward the All Star break, it was like, all right, we've arrived. Now what can we do? And then we, you know, we passed uh, Brewers, Cardinals, and uh, Padres, and I think we're still, despite the two brutal losses to the Diamondbacks, I think we're still in that second wild card. I could be. Mistaken. Yes, I believe you are. I was just actually just like a half game, at it. game and a half. You, yeah, half game ahead of San Diego. But I think the Braves, whoever, if it, the Braves do end up surpassing the Mets, um, one of those two teams is going to get the top wild card. I just don't see anyone else catching them because the Braves have a seven That's and a half game so lead. True. Yeah, on the on the Phils. on the Phillies right yeah, now. Yeah, the Phillies so. are the next one. NL East showdown shaping up one way or another in the in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, how about that? Whether it be unfortunately, Mets, Phillies, Braves, it just Phillies. won't be in Philly. That's so frustrating that all three games are in. I get why, and I like it that way, but it's just frustrating this year that Philly won't get to host playoff baseball in the first round. We'll have to. We'll just have to go through you. Yeah, that's the only way you're going to get it. But I absolutely love the three-game wild card round now. It yes. makes it so much better because it's so degrading for a team to work so hard for 162 games and then play a one-game playoff and then lose. Like yep. that's just that's just got to be a terrible feeling for fans, teams, coaches all around. It's just it's. Very, very yeah. upsetting. And at least this gives you a chance if you don't have your best night in that first game. You can have the opportunity to make up for it. So I certainly think that was a great move by the MLB on expanding the playoffs. And, totally agree. You know, maybe now we won't see as many wildcard teams you know, move on. In recent years, you saw the 2019 Nationals of the wildcard I was going to say, didn't we they just have World two Series. of them win the World Series? Yep, Braves won the World Series. Well, no, they won the division last year in that Oh, I keep forgetting about that. In 2021. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, they had 88 wins and won the division. I mean, yikes! What are we talking about? The NL or AL Central here? But I that was know. I was gonna say like the only other two uh, really close races I can think of are the NL and AL Central. And well, yeah, you know what? I think we should get to them because we had enough talk. I mean, actually, you know, I think we before though we got to do talk about the Phillies. We talked about them a little bit, but here not and there. a lot. They but, don't deserve it after the last two nights. I think we exactly. I think that's exactly what no. I'm gonna talk about them. Right? Okay. So seven nothing. Why? Okay, you know what's you know what's crazy. You know what's really funky. Sorry, I I'm sorry, I just I didn't mean yelled that. at Aaron Nola on this show, or maybe it was off air. I tried to find the clip, I couldn't. No, you did it on this show. I thought it was on the air, right? Yes, you did do it on the I air. Freaked I freaked out at Aaron Nola, and he must have heard. He must be a an avid KUR listener because he <laughs> turned this franchise around. He got it going all summer. However, the start <laughs> leading into Wednesday windup have just. The, the, I think it's been the last two. No, I think it was just. Was it, I think it was just last night. I think it was just last night. I mean, that was terrible. It's been so bad. And the the up and coming. I was like, Ranger Suarez is going to be like the best thing ever for the upcoming years. And he implodes, giving up a seven nothing lead on Monday, like. Schwarber hit his 36th home run on Monday, and I'm wearing my Kyle Schwarber t-shirt, but I can't even talk about that because the pitching has just been remarkably inadequate. Walking in like four runs between, uh, it was Bellotti and, oh man, I forget who the other that came in right after Suarez was. Christopher Sanchez. Yes, it was, oh, I blocked it out of my memory. Yeah, it was just absolutely atrocious, especially coming off the high Coming off the high of getting Harper back Friday night, his first at-bat, bases loaded, nobody out. Everyone thought he was going deep. 
but he a two-run single, your first AB in two months, I'll take that. And he's hitting. It's not like he's, not, he's he had two doubles the other night. It's like Harper's arrived. He hasn't missed a beat. The problem is you win those first two games with Harper, part of a six-game winning streak, and now you're on a three-game losing streak. I, th- I think that's like tied for the longest losing streak in the Rob Thompson era. I think we've only like lost three games in a row. The Cubs series comes to mind getting swept. Thank you, Phillies. That was a great birthday present. I was there. Uh, but, I mean, oh, just such a high. I was at the, uh, not the stop walk, almost stop walk off home run, but the Nick Maton walk off on Tuesday night. Uh, it's just been like we swept the Reds. Finally, we're playing good against bad teams. And then to just go out to the desert and the offense just dry up. You like what I did there, Jack? And the pitching just absolutely evaporating is just, it's torture. And I have to watch it again. And that's going to be upsetting. But it just, right when the show comes back, Aaron Nola's like, you know what? We need to give him material for the show. Yeah, Aaron Nola said, I want to make Mitch scream and yell on the radio. I think it's exactly what he thought when he went out there yesterday. And, Does he just want to be talked about? Like, Nola, I can, like, you know, hit me up. We can, I can talk about other things other than you being absolutely terrible. Yeah, Aaron Nola, um, he, I guess he fully believes in the saying of, no publicity is bad publicity. Is that exactly. How it yeah. Exactly. So I mean, well, I mean, just what a guy. Just what a guy. No, but again, you know, despite Nola's you know rough up starts, he's been very good this year. I mean, he, he just has. I mean, he has those. He's been great. Yeah, you got to call it what it is on I all think, weeks. They been... don't have a Wednesday windup. <laughs> Why? Has, uh, I want to come on here and be like Aaron Nola. What a like he had a complete game the week before, Jack. He did. He had a complete game the start before. Zach Gallon pitched pretty well last night, though, for the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Seven innings, no runs. Oh, yeah. and then uh, Brandon Marsh got his first Phillies home run. Wow. What a what an accomplishment. No, he came back from injury really early, too. You know, we've gotten so many guys back, Segura, then Harper, then uh, uh, Marsh, and we'll get Wheeler back and Sir Anthony back and, like, but these are games we needed to win. Well, speaking of the D-backs, though, they have brought up a really exciting prospect. Corbin Carroll made his MLB debut on Monday night yeah. against the Phillies, and he well. made a bad defensive play early on against Harper that really opened the door to the Phillies' offense breaking out and getting a lot of their runs, but he also combated that with a big hit in one of the big innings to give the D-backs the 9-7 lead. It was 7-7, he had a two-run double, and that was his first big league hit. So congratulations yep. to Corbin Carroll. I uh, wish you nothing but a career of full of success out in the desert. And that outfield in a couple years, I mean, if you look at it, Alec Thomas, Corbin Carroll, and then they have Drew Jones, who they just took second overall on the way. Yeah. If they can keep all three of those guys together, and they, you know, are as advertised, I mean, that D-backs, D-backs outfield is going to be scary, absolutely scary, if everything goes according to plan. But, again, I think the D-backs are in a decent position. I mean, right, they're one of those bad teams that has a path forward and a a clear motion. Exactly. You know, that's what you look for when you're a struggling franchise. Do you at least have a direction into the future? Because if you look at, like, teams... Nationals, Reds. Nationals, yeah, Reds. It's killing the sport. Where are the Angels going to go? No, nowhere. They're going to unload Otani. I don't think... Can they unload... uh, Trout, or does he have a Is no anyone going to take that? Is anyone going to take him? Well, I, I'd take Mike Trout. I mean, yeah, but you're going to have a risk of what you're going to give up. But he's also, you know, he's got that back injury. He's getting yeah, into the that's 30s. True. I mean, it's not like he's All right, so let's say they retain younger. Trout, right? It, let's say they unload Otani. Like, what are they doing? What are you doing? I think you have to trade Otani at this point. 
Right, but just for the betterment of recycle. I was I was talking with a, a friend of mine who's a Nationals fan, and he was like just complaining because he's like, my team is just trade the people that are good now for more people that are going to be good in the future, and then when those people actually do become good, trade them for more people that are going to become good in the future, and just you know, it's a cycle of you're never actually going to be good, but you're always going to be like, well, we'll be good in like five years. Well, it's different because the Nationals and the Angels are not small market teams. Like they, the Nationals won the World Series just a few for a short few short years ago. Isn't that crazy? My, uh, yeah. You know, stumbling there of sorts, but you know it's crazy. You know, you look at 2019; that's not that far ago. You know, in in, in the past of looking at it, that's just three short years. I know they won the World Series, and now things have completely fell apart uh, in our nation's capital for the Nationals. So it's just it's crazy how quickly things can go from good to horrendous uh, in the sports world. But that's where we are. That is where, and baseball is really interesting like that because, you know. Pitchers are pitching, starting pitchers, like one out of every five games on average. Hitters are hitting one out of every nine hitters. Uh, relief pitchers, you know, it's like maybe an inning inning or two every two games. You know what I mean? It's such like when you look at the stats, like it's not a huge portion that one player has. Whereas football, quarterback is getting the snap almost 100% of your offensive snaps. And, and football, that's why it makes it easier to build a dynasty. Not easy, but easier to build, you know, a dynasty. Teams that have been in the playoffs multiple years. Patriots come to mind, obviously. The 49ers seem to always be in it. You know, the Eagles have been in the playoffs a lot recently. It's like you can do that consistently and not have these huge tanks. You still get them in the NFL, but it seems like they're a lot shorter uh, because once you kind of get a backbone, uh, that backbone really is a larger percentage of the on-field play. Well, you can also flip that because it's not always short in the NFL. I mean, just look at the Browns, the Jaguars. The no, there's Lions. always going to be examples of yeah, bad. Uh, traditionally, and those teams have been bad, bad teams. for. But when they're you know when they're, it's it's easier I think to get out of that. It's just you know those teams have uh, some management problems, I think. Yeah, is. inept management is the best way to put it, is what those franchises And that comes down from. to a lot less people in football than it does in baseball. Baseball's a lot more uh, hands-on deck, I think. Yeah, you have so a many lot more people more scouts, in the front office. A lot more people talking to each other in the front office, like you said. Football, yeah, there are multiple different ones, but a lot of it, I think, comes down to a, a very specific few uh, in the regime. Absolutely. We're going to go to one more team before we go to our central division races that we talked about earlier. And yep. Mitch, they were part of your World Series prediction. Yeah. How about them Orioles? How about them Orioles? How about them Orioles? I mean, did anyone see this coming? Uh, I'm going to um, go with no. Yeah. Okay. Well, outside of <laughs> your outside of, outside outside of, of my, your uh, potential joke, but like yeah. also maybe not a joke prediction. Right? Question mark. 67 and 61 at this point in the season for Baltimore. Way better than expected. And they've also made some moves. They have promoted top prospect Gunnar Henderson from AAA Norfolk. That's a name. To the big league club. He was the top prospect in the organization and I believe a top five prospect in all of baseball. Oh, wait. So he's not anymore? He's up in the big leagues? He is, but you're still eligible for a little bit. We can't call him Top Gun anymore. So, I mean, you're still eligible as a prospect for a little bit, but then you have to, when you play a certain round of games, you get taken off the prospect list. I was going to say, I want him to remain top prospect so we can call him. uh, Top he gun. will. He's still. He'll still be on there. Good. For probably right. the rest Top of this gun, season. my man. So Gunnar Henderson has been promoted. They also signed Jesus Aguilar to a minor league deal. Yeah. They're going to assign him to Triple A Norfolk, and hopefully he can get things ironed out down there because he is a good bat when he's going. You know, he had that one year in Milwaukee where he was just you know ballistic. He had a best year of his career, and he had a decent season in 2020 with the Marlins, if I yeah. remember correctly. This year, I do not remember going that. a little bit rough for him, but. 
hey, I mean, the 32-year-old, it's you know, not, not too late to get things back on track for the big slugging first baseman, Jesus Aguilar. But the Orioles, you know, one of the biggest names in their bullpen, Felix Bautista, he has just burst out on the scene. They also had Jorge Lopez, who they traded to the Twins at the deadline. But Bautista's just got such a good arsenal of pitches. Just, just such a reliable reliever out of the Orioles bullpen. And then you look at that lineup. I mean, Adley Rutschman's come up, and he's been a spark plug for that team. Such a good rookie. You got Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, Anthony Santander, the outfield they got there. You know, Santander is kind of a more DH role, and he splits that with Ryan Mountcastle, but that outfield is good. I think they are actually going to be able to keep some guys around for a while because they are showing some you know signs of success, not only this year, but I think they're going to have a good future as well because they have the best farm system in all of baseball. So, you know, Orioles have a very bright future. Turned you know? it around, man. They really did. From the inside. It's not like they took the Phillies route. We're just going to go sign a, a, a bunch of big names, you know, to these big contracts. We're going to grow it. We're going to, like, actually water this plant here and just watch it grow from within Baltimore, which is, I think, really awesome that shows that that can still be done very well. I mean, they were sellers at the deadline, and they're still in this this year, let alone years to come. Absolutely. And, you know, it's just another thing. You got to look at Jorge Mateo, too. Like, if you look at the guys who have stepped up for them this year, and it's like, these guys were guys that everyone at the beginning of the season is talking about, wow, these guys are some of the worst guys at their position. Like, Jorge Mateo was not viewed as a good baseball player for <laughs> the season, but he has had a good year for Baltimore. And, you know, he's got elite speed, top five in the league in sprint speed, and now he's combining with a little bit of power. He can get on base a little bit. He is slowly making himself a guy who could be, you know, a big piece if he continues to grow. I'm not saying he's there yet, but there are some things to like about the way Mateo's been playing this year at the shortstop position for Baltimore. You know, again, I like the Orioles. I want the Orioles to make the playoffs. They are just a likable team. They're a team that no one thought would be in this race, and it's kind of like they're like America's team, I feel like. They're Let's just, go, man. They're a team that's just like, you know, I want the Orioles to make the playoffs just because at the beginning of the season, no one thought they would. So yeah. what a great story in the Baltimore Orioles this year. Um, but now we, we got an Orioles go to garden gnome somewhere, by the way. You do? Yeah, we went to a uh, – we just like – we were driving home from D.C., I think. This is a couple of years ago. We just stopped at uh, at their ballpark down there. And we just watched an Orioles game. It, you know, uh, why am I blanking on the name? Camden Yards, right? Camden Yards, Camden yes. Yards. And it was just a super nice ballpark, right? A lot like Citizens Bank built around the same time. And just all around great people, uh, great ballpark. And it was like a giveaway that day that they were giving out uh, Orioles garden gnomes. So we, uh, we have that somewhere. My sister, by the way, my little sister, the entire time called them the Oreos. But... You know, uh, she's not really, and, and she believed that for the first while. Then it was just a joke. But so I'm rooting for the Oreos this year. Absolutely, I mean, and I have been since the the off season, as we all know. Yeah, I mean, it's just picked them to the, unfortunately beat the Phillies in the World Series. Honestly, let's hope that happens. I, I would, mean, I want the Mets to get. I there, would but. take that. That means I did better than the Mets and the Braves and the Dodgers. I don't want so, to see that. Actually, that would be fantastic. Um, can the Orioles win just against somebody else? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't want to give the Phillies the satisfaction of thinking they have a leg up on any of the other teams in the NL East. Touch them all, Mateo. You'll never hit them in your whole run <laughs> in your life. That's just such a legendary call. It's a great – and <laughs> I don't know if we've explained this story on air. Me and Jack were running through some well, of our favorite broadcast calls, and I brought up the uh, – uh, touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. And I, being blind, have just never seen what was going on in the field. He, I, all I knew was that the Blue Jays are world champions, right? So that's all I knew. 
I didn't put two and three together that it was the 1993 World Series. And he beat the uh, the Phillies. Yeah, and he hit the home run off of Mitch Williams. Yeah, Mitchie Poo, as the, as Harry Callis called him. So I mean, that's just yeah, that is a Jack story. was laughing in the studio. I was on the floor in in shock and terror that one of my favorite calls was against my team. But one of your favorite calls is, is a against bit heartbreaking your team. for me. Yeah, so, but, what a time to be alive. But but we can explain that half of the story when we get back. We have to take a <laughs> quick break, get a message from our station, but we'll we will be back. Here with the Wednesday Windup. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Wednesday Windup. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim over to my right. And we are discussing some MLB playoff races with just over a month to go in the season. Jack, we're going to move over to the NL Central where the Cardinals have was it four, five, or six game lead over the Brewers. They have a six game lead at this moment okay. over the Milwaukee Brewers, but... Starting to open it up. Yeah, they are. They are. It was tight there it, for a little bit. Yeah. But Brewers were winning, but they became sellers at the deadline. Buyers, seller. They gave away Hater. Uh, took in some other pieces. But the Cardinals, with their pitching additions and their Paul Goldschmidt's, uh, are really just uh, starting to really crack open a nice lead there and uh, shoving the Brewers to the wild card hustle. Uh, which is the Phillies realm. So, you know, I've been well uh, well aware of the uh, Brewers in the standings recently. So I've been watching them. But you just told me something I was unaware of, which is Paul Goldschmidt. What's he trying to do? He is going for the Triple Crown, and he is trying to be the first player to get the Triple Crown since Miguel Cabrera uh, did it back in, I believe, 2013, and that was an incredible year for Miggy, and he's mm-hmm. already on his way to the Hall of Fame. But Big Paul fella. Goldschmidt has been a solid MLB player for quite some time now, but this is the best year of his career. Where he stands now, the three criteria for the Triple Crown are home run, leading the league in home runs, uh, home runs average, batting average, and RBIs. Now, right now, okay. Goldschmidt is first in average with 333. He is oh, NL, leading respectively, I should say, not the I was going to say, I thought, uh, but yeah, I think Judge is running away with 51 home runs. So yeah. that he's not catching him, but leading respectively <laughs> uh, in home runs. So, 333 average. He's got 33 home runs, second in the National League behind Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber. And for RBIs, he is. 105th, so he's tied with Pete Alonso for the 105th National League place? lead. No, with 105th, <laughs> 105th place. He's got yes. some catching up to do there. Yeah, 105 RBIs. Okay. So tied with Alonso for first in the National League, not 105th place. <laughs> All right, so he's tied, winning, and second. Yes, so okay. he's there. He he has the possibility to do it. He's got to catch up to your boy, though, Kyle Schwab. My man. On my shirt right now. As you would say it. But another big part of the Cardinals' success sure. this year has been Nolan Arnato. The <laughs> Platinum Glove. Shocking. The Platinum Glove winner at third base has just been so reliable defensively, but he's having a fantastic offensive year as well. He is up there with 87 RBIs uh, at this point in the season. Come on, man. Get 307 batting average. Uh, and it's just 27 home runs, yeah. 936 OPS. I mean, everyone had his, their doubts when he left Colorado. Would he be the same hitter? Me too. And uh, he's proving the haters wrong as he is continuing to be very solid uh, at the hot corner for the St. Louis Cardinals. And, of course, you mentioned the pitching acquisitions. They got Jordan Montgomery from the Yankees, and he's been a stellar addition. Jose Quintana from the Pirates, he's been pretty mm-hmm. good for them as well. They're going to get Jack Flaherty back later this year. And, of course, they have the very experienced Adam Wainwright to pair with Miles Michaelis, who's having a good year. So that starting rotation, you know, which was a big downing point for this Cardinals team coming into the season, they have done a great job to bolster that and make that now a somewhat strength of this roster. At least they yeah. now have quality depth there. 
A doubt uh, for good reason. I mean, how, how old is Wainwright? 40, 41? And he was the projected ace going into the year. No one expected right. Michaelis to bounce back like this. Right. And no one expected Wainwright to hold up like this. Exactly. So it's just been Tom Brady ph- phenomenal. And of course, you can't mention the Cardinals without talking about Albert Pujols. I mean, we could. could I'm still we? bitter about the, uh, the home run derby debauchery. <laughs> that was, dude, they, they gave him an extra and they took one from Schwarber. Well, just saying. I mean, look, you can have your gripes. I mean, that certainly looked I will a little have bit my gripes. A little and bit there goes number sketchy. seventeen. And there is number seventeen. <laughs> Imagine they just kept saying there is number seventeen every time. And Schwarber adds on number seventeen. But um, oh my! my and number seventeen goes flying into the upper deck, and he hits another one for seventeen. <laughs> Uh, but Pujols now at 694 on the home run count. How two away. about it? Two away from tying Alex Rodriguez for fourth all time. Sits six away from 700, and he has been on a tear lately. Oh, my It was goodness. looking like, was he even going to get close to the 700 mark? Was he even going to get close to A-Rod? Now it's like, when's he passing him? Is, yeah, when's he going to tie week? him? When's he going to tie him? When's he going to pass him? When's he going to get to 700? So, I mean, Pujols has had such a great career, and then, you know, the last run for him, Molina, and Wainwright all together in St. Louis, I believe. Wainwright not fully decided to retire to this year, but I'm 90% sure Pools and Molina will both be yeah. done after this year. I know Pools for sure, and I believe Molina said at the start of the year this is going to be his last run. So, you know, those are two guys who've been faces of the Cardinals franchise for the greater part of, you know, 20 years now. Though, despite Pools leaving for the Angels, he still had such a big impact when he was there when they won the World Series in 2011, and you know, 07 against the. No, yes. No, no, no. Uh, 06 against the Tigers. I always get that mixed up because the Red Sox beat the Rockies in 07. I was getting ready that to say... I did know, actually. I was getting ready to say Cardinals beat the Rockies, but wait, that can't happen because it's two National League teams. So <laughs> they won in 06 and 07, and in 2011, the Cardinals beat the Rangers in the World Series, and then in 2013, the Red Sox beat the Cardinals. So those are two of the you know good teams there from not like 06 to 13. Those two teams were really oh, and the Red Sox powers. kept it going. They yeah uh, they won the Red Sox won in, yep uh, 2018 yeah. 20, they beat the okay. Dodgers okay it was 04, 07, 13, and 18. So they won four in that span of time makes up for the 86 heartbreak and they were <laughs> so devastated by the Mets beating them, but. The Mets haven't won it since. But we're going to get a quick message from the KUR Notebook. Attention, KU faculty. Have you or a colleague made a positive impact in the undergraduate research field? If so, nominate them for Undergraduate Research and Creativity's Faculty Mentorship Awards. The awards recognize excellence in faculty engagement with undergraduate researchers and carries $500 in professional development funds. The deadline for nominations is quickly approaching, and you have until... March 1st to turn in your application materials. To learn more about UGRC's Faculty Mentorship Awards, please visit www.kutztown.edu slash UGRC and look under Undergraduate Research and Creativity. And if you'd like to stay updated with everything UGRC has to offer, you can follow them on Instagram at UGRC underscore KU. This message's community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Welcome back to the Wednesday Windup, everybody. I'm Jack Mitchell Smedley. To my left, you're Jack Mitchell Smedley. No. Okay. Uh, no, but <laughs> I could be. I'm Jack Mitchell Smedley. I'm Jack. And I thought he's that was like Mitchell some Smedley. Michael Jack Schmidt going on. You maybe, know, maybe I think I'm talking too fast for my own good. <laughs> I love it. You know, I'm just trying to fly back into this because I'm not trying to. Spend Those too muffins much time got you going. Back into it. You know, I was eating a lot of food. You know, I was <laughs> hungry. 
after my last class at 12, like it ended at 12.50, I came in here, started eating some snacks I had, and then I went to the bookstore and got some food. But it's like, you know, maybe I'm just wired because it's the first show back, so I'm just so amped up, ready to go. And I was thinking about this all night last night. Yeah, I was, so I, I was thinking about it for a while. I mean, not just yesterday, and, you know, it's just been the ensuing weeks. It's been getting closer and closer and closer. I'm so excited, but you know what? Maybe Absolutely. I am... Maybe I need to tone it down. No, no not the energy. No. Not the energy. But turn down for what, Jack? Turn down. Turn the, down. For turn what? down the rapid uh, pace that I am speaking at. No, no. So everybody, welcome. No, <laughs> welcome back. It's like golf commentary. Deep breathing or man, ASMR. On Wednesday wind up. But um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Jack goodness! Jack checks his notebook one more time. So, oh my goodness, Mitch. <laughs> so that's well. I mean, the Brewers sit there in the central, right behind the Cardinals. Um, but other than that, that division is a dumpster fire with the Cubs, Reds, and Pirates. We're not going to spend any time talking about yeah. those teams because they they don't deserve it. Let's talk about the Guardians. Let's do it. My other AL favorite the team. The Guardians. They I love the, the Guardians. Central, and the Guardians always have good pitching. It's just like, you know, Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, Cal Quantrill. I mean, those guys are very solid pitchers, especially this year. McKenzie's burst on the scene the last two years. Bieber's been there. Quantrill's gotten better and better in his time with Cleveland. Of course, the bullpen, you have Emmanuel Classe, you can just lock it down in the ninth inning. I mean, he's just absolutely nasty, throwing 102 mile an hour cutters. I mean, that's just insane. That that should just not be human. But anyway, um, you know, those are just some of the strengths on the pitching side. But you got to look at some of the new acquisitions. Andres Jimenez has been very good. They got him in the tra- in the Lindor trade with the Mets. He's been very solid for them this year. Um, but, you know, outside of Josh Naylor has been good. Just trying to think of names. Stephen Kwan has been a good rookie. Uh, Med Rosario is contributing. Of course, they have the best third baseman in baseball in J Ram, Jose Ramirez. So, you know, there's, I'm not surprised when you look at what's happened that this Guardians team is winning the Central. They're here for a reason, and they've gotten a lot of guys to step up and perform for them. Yeah. So that's what it is. It's a, a team effort. That's why I like watching the Guardians. Absolutely. You know, you see these superstars, and you see these, you know, it's, it's the Pete Alonso show, you know? No, it, it's, it's the Guardians. It's collective effort, and I love that they are, you know, it's not like they're running away with anything, but they're leading it, and they're, even if they weren't, they're in the race, you know what I mean? And I just love that mentality. Absolutely, and I just feel like one more thing for the Central Division. It's just like, I feel like the AL Central just has, like, those teams are good enough to make the playoffs for their own division, but, like, if you threw them in, like, the East or the West, like, with the Astros and the <laughs> this year, things would be going, like, so much differently, but I feel Go like on. that's just... Sandwiches like the AL Central. Yeah, it's like the division. White Sox, Tigers, Guardians, the uh, Twins. That's another one. It's like you know when those teams make the playoffs. Like they're not a threat to the Yankees or the Astros. Yeah, exactly. They're just not. I would love to see the Guardians take down a, a juggernaut. If you know what that poses an interesting question. If let's say let let's make the hypothetical since they're winning the division right now. If Cleveland does come out of the Central, who okay. would you think? Who who would you think? Uh, they would have a better chance against the Yankees or the Astros. Well, they're they're not playing either of those first. Rounds. I know, I know, but like, let, like let's okay, say the let's say they, they win get their to wild the AL, card. Let's say they get to the ALDS. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Against they, they the Yankees play, I know that. or the Astros. Uh well, I think the Yankees are just falling apart. I think anyone has a decent shot against the Yankees right now. I mean, they're like you said, they're losing to the Athletics and the Angels and stuff. The Astros. Um, you know, Yankees and Astros are both good teams, but uh, I still think the Yankees are better than the Guardians. I just don't think you have as many wins as the Yankees have by accident. Um, but I think they would have a better shot against a really internally struggling 
Yankee team. And that is, I mean, the, the mental aspect of this is totally in their heads, by the way. You know, you go, you get into the playoffs. There's teams that surge into the playoffs and have all the momentum behind them. And then there's teams that are like, whew, thank God we made it. That was close. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yes, I know the Guardians would have to play at this right now, the Rays of the last wild card, so they'd have to play Tampa Bay to get to the divisional series. But I they could do for that. Hypothetical yeah. I think they could beat them, too. Oh, but yeah. just for hypothetical purposes, if they got past that wild card round and were to play, it would be the Yankees at this point because the Astros would face the winner of the other wild card series. Yep. But, yeah, it's just. Ale's an interesting race. I mean, yeah. Both both leagues have interesting races, but let's get to what I have been in suspense of the last 40 minutes. What is your breaking news headline? Breaking Mr. news. Heim. So we just have a few short minutes till we That's, yeah. have to get off for and then our, we'll get in our NFL message minute. before our second hour second of hour. today's show. But the breaking NFL trade that I referenced earlier, I will no longer keep you in suspense. You'll talk about it Come on, starting man. now Come on. and going into the second hour. I still don't know, by the way. I kept my promise. The Eagles made a trade and have traded wide receiver Jalen Rager. Yes! I don't even care what we got. What did we get? They traded him to the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> so now they have... Not only wow. the pick after him, oh, that's so and Justin insulting. Jefferson, but now they have Jalen Rager as well. That's so. at least closure, but that's insulting. So good luck in Minnesota, Jalen. I think oh, the Eagles got no. a seventh round pick in return. Seventh um, round. Wow. Let me let me go take a look see here at uh, exactly what's going on. But it's just it's just I couldn't believe it when I and saw. And there it. was great rejoicing across the city of brotherly love. I will never ever forget watching that draft getting to the 22nd pick after the Cowboys selected CD Lamb and having the and and being like oh my god we're still gonna get Jefferson the Philadelphia Eagles select Jalen Rager who is that (laughs) oh my goodness and then oh and then a day later well, we're gonna Jalen hurts and I just collapse to the ground. It's over, Jack. Well, we're gonna we're gonna step aside and get our station message. We'll be back for the second hour of the Wednesday windup. And welcome to the second hour of today's Wednesday windup. I'm Mitchell Smedley. That is Jack Heim. That just gave us the best breaking news update I could have asked for. Jalen Rager is now a Minnesota Viking. And the bigger news there is he is obviously not an eagle. Anyways, Jack, we are moving into our NFL discussion after we talked MLB for the first hour. A lot of crazy stuff going on over there, but a lot of other crazy stuff going on over here. NFL, how are, how excited are you? We're just over a week from kickoff next Thursday night. I'm so excited. I've done multiple fantasy football drafts, and we'll get to that later we on. We will, yeah. But, you know, it's just... It's good. it's good. This is the best time of the year for me as a sports fan, I think. You know, MLB's winding down late in the season. We talked about that you know, already a lot in depth in the mm-hmm. first hour. But, you know, college football is back yep. uh, with Week Zero taking place last week. And now the NFL is on the horizon. So, so much, so much news is going to be going on. So much great things to watch. Yeah. And it's just such an exciting time. So, I got a few uh, NFL divisions I wanted to specifically talk about here. We can talk about, we'll do, uh, you know, picks and standings and everything next week. Uh, on the eve of the season, but uh, really just coming up, I wanted to talk about kind of the muddiest sort of situations uh, division-wise that we have going into the season, and I think, and I'll let you take your pick of which one we, we go through first, I think they are, personally, just going through them quick, 
Uh, the NFC East, NFC North, and the AFC West. Now, we can uh, go which, whichever way you want. Uh, what would you like? Let's start with the NFC East. NFC East. Good pick. So, muddy situation here. You got, obviously, the Giants and the Commanders. I don't think they're much of a threat. You then have the Eagles, who now, without Jalen Rager, are Super Bowl for the next three years contenders. And, no, of course, of course not. Uh, they are an up-and-coming team, though, made a lot of moves. We'll get into it. But you also have the Dallas Cowboys, last year's NFC East champions, uh, still with Dak Prescott, still with their running back uh, duo that's so dangerous. However, they have lost some pieces, notably Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, another year older, though. A lot going on with the Cowboys. How do you see this division shaping out? And, and of course, we can't just count out the Commanders and the Giants. You know, they have playmakers. Uh, both teams do. But how do you see this division shaking out, Jack? Do you want me to go in depth? Do you want to just say my four in order right now? Start in order, and I'll, I'll ask you as you go along. Eagles. E- oh, okay. Why? What do you think is the number one thing that propels the Eagles? Eagles have made some good moves, including one yesterday, getting safety Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from the Saints. Uh, not having to give up a lot in return for that. There's an upgrade back there. The secondary just looks a whole lot better now. You have Darius Slave, of course, the number one corner. You got James Bradbury bringing in, hoping he can bounce back from his rough year last year with the Giants. Then you got Avante Maddox, who's you know steadily improved over the past couple of seasons. And you're bringing in Gardner Johnson, a guy who's a scrappy, uh, you know, scrappy defensive back, and he's gotten himself into a little bit of trouble. He seems to get on the get under the skin of uh, wide receivers. He's gotten punched in the face by multiple guys. Uh, you know. But he's a very good, he's a good football player. You know, he's a good defensive back. Really bolstered up that secondary. Uh, again, Eagles have a good defensive line. I think they have good just good defense in general. The offensive line one is one of the best in football. Jalen Hurts, I think, is going to take a step forward this year. They got AJ Brown who's a very good playmaker. Dallas Goddard's a good tight end. You know, that backfield is, it, you know, it is what it is. Sanders is good, um, but you know, it falls all in the hands now of Nick Sirianni. They have a good team in front of him, uh, but it is his job to. See if they can achieve, well, him and the players, of course, because they're yeah. the ones out there making it. But it's going to be his play calling and, you know, you know up to the staff to make the, the calls and the players to make the plays. But I think the uh, I think the Eagles are the best team in this division. Wow. Okay. So uh, I I kind of agree. I The reason I picked this as a muddy situation, I don't know yet what the Eagles are. There's a lot of talk here in the Philly media that the Eagles could be a Super Bowl contender, let alone like a, you know, a division uh, winner. Is it in the range of possibilities? Absolutely. But do I know what I have? No. And I'll give you the first couple main reasons. You hit on them when you were talking about it. Jalen Hurts. I don't think he takes a a step forward. I think he takes a step back. We haven't been able to clearly say what we think of Jalen Rager. Well, now now we're going to be. He has uh, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Zach Paschal, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell. Like the, The list goes on, not to mention the great offensive line in front of him. If Jalen Hurts cannot get it done here in this in this season, he's not going to be able to get it done in the NFL, as I've thought his whole career. I am not a believer in Jalen Hurts. I despise that he is the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, and I just don't see any better options at the moment, though, so we're stuck with him. The other potentially bigger reason, because Jalen Hurts can be fine and we can still have a great year with the roster that's lined up, but what we cannot allow is, is bad uh, defensive coordination. Our, uh, I believe it's it's Gannon still. Uh, the defensive coordinator needs to stop giving people free seven yards every play under the impression that, well, if we make them go seven yards 12 times in a row, they're going to make a mistake at some point. Well, no. The good quarterbacks 
don't make mistakes. You might get those mistakes against the Lions week one, but you won't get it maybe against Dak Prescott or or against the Tom Brady's, the Patrick Mahomes of the world. You need to be aggressive. This is Philadelphia. We go for it. We don't just sit back and wait for someone else to make a mistake. We force someone else to make a mistake. You have the the tools to do that here in Philly now. You know, we spent draft capital on this. Uh, we've been spending draft capital on this for years, and that needs to happen. Um, so I'll move on to my next question for Jack. I assume you have the Cowboys second. No. No. No, I'm just kidding. I had the Cowboys second. Oh. <laughs> I almost had a heart attack live on air. As, so as a... <laughs> do you think there's anything drawing them back from their, their ceiling last year, aside from, you know, losing players? I mean, everyone loses players each year, but do you think there's anything, one thing in particular they lost? I think it's just I don't like their head coach. I think Mike McCarthy's just really overrated. Gets overhyped as a coach. I don't think he's that good of a coach at all, honestly. You know, he could have achieved so much more in Green Bay. The fact that they didn't win more than one Super Bowl, kind of disappointing. Just like how they didn't get to the Super Bowl in the last couple years under uh, LaFleur. Yeah. Um, But before I elaborate on that even more, I have a quick message from the KUR Notebook. Attention, KU community. Want to join KUR but don't want to be on air? We have a spot for you. Contact us at KUR at Kutztown.edu and express your interest, and we will find the perfect place for you at KUR. KUR is anything you want to make it. If you don't hear back within a few days, please stop by rooms 188 or 190 in the McFarland Student Union Building or call us at 610-683-4059 during normal business hours. We hope to see you soon. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. We do hope to see you soon. Had a lot of new faces at the meeting uh, on yesterday actually and we it was did. great to see absolutely so. it was absolutely great to see some new faces here uh it's just you know kor is a great thing you know, yeah i highly recommend joining you can do whatever you want with it and uh you know my time here with kur has just been fantastic the people i've met the memories i made and you people know, i've met all except more. for this guy named jack heim oh okay yeah he's kind of irritating yeah, this is just smelly guys you know you really can get under your skin well, i mean times. he's yeah i mean the blindness it's like we get it you know <laughs> But anyways, getting back to what we were actually talking about, you talked about the Packers, which is a great segue to my next point. NFC North, uh, I'm trying to find these divisions where there's going to be, there's always turnover in the NFL. It's not the same teams that make the playoffs. Packers won this division last year. I don't think they do it again, do you? Make the playoffs? Uh, Win the division. We'll start with that. Do you think they make the playoffs, actually? Yes. Okay. They do. With the expanded wild card, there's, what, seven teams that make it? I don't know if they do. Yeah, it's it's seven. I mean, it's look, if you take a list, and we're going to give our full standing predictions and reasons now, but I think Mitch is we'll preview. a good idea. We'll preview, yes. We're not going to go full in depth, but we'll give our brief thoughts, and we'll get into it more and more as the season goes on. But, yep. you know, we just wanted to preview things since, you know, the season is right around the corner. It's next week. It is a week from tomorrow is the opening Thursday night game with the, the Bills and the Rams out in uh, SoFi Stadium. With the reigning Super Bowl champion Rams, but I love both those teams. By the way, uh, they're both the going to be very I good. I love the Rams. I like the Bills too. I'm a oh, big, I'm a big so Bills guy. Stephon Diggs is just fun to watch. Yep. So is Josh Allen. They're but, just yeah, they're just they're two fun guys to watch. Stephon Diggs is on one of my fantasy teams. Stephon, you got to you got to do it for lucky. me this year. You're lucky. You got to do it for me. And yeah. I got him with the 19th pick. Too. I didn't get him. I'm sad. Ah, that's later. I got him as a steal. But yeah, we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, um, no, I think this is the Vikings division this year. That's that's where I was going. You know, it's a total change from uh, last season. What did the Vikings finish last season? Oh, it wasn't too good. 
You know what's a crazy stat, though? I'll look up the record in just a second because I'm blanking right now. Yeah. If you took out the final two minutes of both halves of each game, so you took out the final two fi- for, final two minutes of the first half, mm-hmm. final two minutes of the second half, you know what the Vikings' record would have been last year? Uh, Let me guess. 12-5. and 15-2. and two. Oh, my God! 15-2. and two. If you take out the final two minutes of each half. I just heard myself echo out in the studio, out in the lobby. But yeah, I heard that too, but that was funny. But oh my goodness, it's just, they had to make a coaching change and it was wow. a good one. Mike Zimmer was canned. They bring in the new guy. I, do you, I'm blanking on his name right now. I don't remember either. Wait, I don't. Let me, let me look into it. Man, we are not up to date on our Vikings wow. knowledge. But maybe think, that's why they brought in Jalen Rager. Yeah, maybe. Not as a wide receiver. Coach. God knows he can't do that. Kevin O'Connell, that's it. They Kevin got him from the Rams. O'Con- got him from the Rams. I, I thought it was someone from from the West because I know the Dolphins got the Niners uh, guy, the run coordinator. Yeah. I think it was Mike McDaniel. And I know the name? Jags got my man, Dougie P. Dougie P. I'm interested to see how they do this year. Yeah, ET. I love watching ETN, by the way. Yep. Yeah, he's. I'm rooting for the Jags this year. Yeah, Mike from McDaniel afar. was hired with Miami. So, yes, Kevin O'Connell's the new coach for. Uh, for the Vikings in that McVay coaching tree continues to expand around the league. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's just, I think it's new beginnings for Minnesota. This team has had a core in place that's been division-winning quality for some years now. Just hasn't happened. But Zimmer hasn't been able to get the job done. But, and my buddy just texted me, who's an Eagles fan, my good friend Nate, back home, <laughs> said, Jalen Rager traded, this is the happiest day of my life. In yes! All caps. Yep. Oh my goodness! I, it's real, Jack. The excitement and the 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 anger for him making the roster was palpable. Howie Roseman had to speak on that specifically. Why did you keep Rager? And now, it, now we see why. Howie Roseman has had one of the best off seasons I can remember. It has been awesome to watch. AJ Brown, uh, Gardner, getting rid of Rager. Uh, the list goes on. I mean, the, the draft picks themselves. Uh, Cam Jerkins, um, why am I blind? It's the same name as the country singer. The uh, first pick, uh, Jordan Davis. There we go. That's Couldn't it. think of that. Sorry, I'm looking up the Vikings. Oh, no, you're good. Um, just the list goes on of good. Mo- Bradbury, like, like I, I almost forgot about James Bradbury coming here because I was like, oh, we need another corner. We need another corner. We got one. It's like everything has just been so good. Um, was this the? Offseason, we re-signed Fletcher Cox, and uh, we got the guy from Carolina whose name I'm blanking on right now. But it, it's just been one move after another. That, uh, N'Kobe Dean. Like, I could just keep going on, or I guess that's all the ones I kind of remember at this point. But what a great offseason by Howie Roseman. And every time we think he's done, and we're like, well, this is good, you know. Kind of wish we had this one more thing. He just goes out and does the one more thing. So, you know, I got if only we had Patrick Mahomes, you know. Vikings went 8-9 and nine last year, by the way. That, okay, yeah, so a losing record. That's why I'm not the most confident that they're going to just take this division. And whoever wins this, Packers or I'm, Vikings, I don't think they'll just run away with it at all. I, so. I'm not I'm not fully sold that the Vikings are going to win this division, but if I had to give you a gut feel take right now based on what my perspective is yep. of both teams, I think it's going to be the Vikings because I think they're just a more complete team. I mean, if you look at that wide receiver room in Green Bay, there's a lot of question marks. I mean, you're banking on rookie stepping up. You know, is, is Christian Watson going to step up? Is Romeo Dubes going to step up? Sammy Watkins is there. I mean, it's like w- there's not many flashy names in that room. They traded Devontae Adams. Yep. And they didn't really get a lot back for him. No, not at all. And, you know, it's just 
It's a bad. It's a bad receiving room. You know, I think Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are gonna be a good backfield Absolutely tandem. Absolutely great. But yeah. you know, it's just like the defense should be pretty stable too. But it's like the Packers are gonna be good. They're gonna be there. They're gonna compete. But it's just like. And that's where I just wonder if Aaron Rodgers lifts you up more than Kirk Cousins can. Oh yeah, I mean that's obvious. Aaron Rodgers is a generational quarterback. He's that's what I'm saying. Like, game. are the are the Packers gonna really not win this division? But like, it's not like Kirk Cousins is bad, unless you put him on Monday night. Yeah, that's true. Oh my goodness, that guy's <laughs> awful. But hey, I mean we'll get to see it right out of the gate because those two teams play each other week one. Packers Vikings in a wow four twenty five. Well, that's that's actually in the the modern day preseason. So September. So, but anyways, let's move. Uh, let's move right along here to the third uh, situation I wanted to throw at you, uh, and this may come as a shock, but the AFC West. I think there's a few different ways this could go. How do you see it? All four of these teams are incredible, by the right? Way. I mean, it's just this division is going to be this, dog this fight all year. Good division. I mean, if you look at it, the Raiders could be the worst team in this in this division, and oh, it's yeah. like, like, and they, they have, have Devontae so Adams, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams. Like, this is obviously going to be. Josh Sick. Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. I mean, they have weapons galore in Look the offense. That. The defense is a little bit it's it's all right. I think it's gonna be the one thing that might hold them in the basement. Yep. But like you got you got the Broncos and you got Russell Wilson. By the way, Broncos country, let's ride. I think I think the Broncos are fourth place in this division. Really? Especially well, you're with not Patrick buy- going down. Wait, you're not buying the Broncos country, let's ride? No, I'm not. Do you like that, by the way? Um I don't care. I don't. I, I think it's funny. I think it's fine. Yeah, I, you know, I like it. You know, it's like. D- did you fine. see the clip the other day with the reporter who said he's like, the, the reporter goes. <laughs> I think I did see that. Yeah, yeah the reporter <laughs> goes, "Hey, Ross, give me Broncos country," and he says, "Of course, Broncos country. Let's ride." He, <laughs> he just does it. I mean, it's just so, so funny. Smooth. It's just yeah. It's just like it's just such like a you know nothing calming voice. A G L E S Eagles though. Nothing but, beats that. Yeah, Broncos country taking let's ride taking over. Yeah, <laughs> taking no. over. You know. Football the country chance. by storm. Yeah. yeah, even college kids are doing it at their university. JT Daniels from West Virginia. But then <laughs> you got the Chargers and the Chiefs left. And uh, if I had to give Two my take right now, here. give me the Chargers to win this division. That's I was thinking that. Give I don't know what to do. Give it's me the Chargers. Like, wow. I'm you're sold. Fully sold right wow. now. Chargers winning this division, no doubt in my mind. Wow. I think the Chiefs hold on another year. No. Nope. Why? Herbert, I get it. Look at the teams. Look at the teams. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Eckler, I don't like. Eckler's, Eckler's better than you think. No, he's not. He's uh, He can do both. He's one of the best pass-catching backs in the league. Don't care. He's got decent running. And Don't Herbert's, like Herbert's top five quarterback. Herbert's great, but Mahomes is better. A little bit. Andy Reid I, I think that's great. gap's closing. What? I think that gap's closing between Herbert and Mahomes. Oh, I mean, it's smaller than it was when Herbert was a rookie. But, but I mean... You know, we have you know just under thirty seconds before we have to get a message from our station. But okay. one more point before we have to, you know, before we take that break, and we'll get back into Chiefs Chargers after. Sure. But it's just look at the defenses. Look at the defenses. They got J.C. Jackson back there, Derwin James. They have now up front. You got Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa on opposite sides. They cleaned yeah, up the middle. That's crazy. They cleaned up the middle. That defense is going to be great. I mean, if you look at the Chiefs defense, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. Not as good as the Chargers. We're going to get a quick message from our station. We'll be back uh, just shortly with the Wednesday windup. And we're back on the Wednesday wind-up. Second hour's worse than the first. I mean, my goodness, that song was horrible. <laughs> hey, 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 don't be hating on the ad council like that. <laughs> oh, look, I'm sorry. I enjoyed it. I'm sorry. That KUR is... does not support any of the views expressed by Jack Hine. <laughs> look, because he is a narcissist. <laughs> I am not a narcissist. That was, that was a musical masterpiece. Okay, let's let's just call it what it is. But um, That was as good as Joe Flacco. Yeah, exactly. 
Not 10 years ago. <laughs> hey, Joe Flacco's elite. He's starting week one. He's elite. <laughs> Wait, what happened to Mike White? Mike White? Who's that guy? Who's that? <laughs> he, he beat the Bengals last year in week eight and drew for like 400 yards. Oh! Dude, no. that guy single-handedly ended my survival pool pick season that I had. I was so <laughs> mad about that. I don't even, like, yeah, I remember the name, but I don't remember. Like, that doesn't compute that it like, actually Like, that guy, happened. are you kidding me? Oh, my goodness. I was so mad for hours on end after that game ended. I was just, I, I it was feel a bad day. Like, I feel it was like a rough day. Mike White equals Davis Mills. I am not. Like, what? Why do you hate Davis Mills? I, it's the same thing as Drew Luck. He's no. not a quarterback. Yeah, Davis Mills is way better than Drew Locke. No, he's not. You have to give Davis Mills some credit. Drew Locke is not good. No, he's not. They're both awful. <laughs> They're both. Did you see the two interceptions Drew Locke threw in the preseason game? No, I oh don't watch goodness. the preseason. I hate the preseason. Oh my god, that was bad. Preseason today is just like let's Drew grab Locke, some guys off the street. Drew Locke looked to his left, saw the defensive back right there, and threw it right at him, and it got intercepted. Sounds like Carson Wentz. <laughs> I lo- I still have my Wentz jersey, by the way. Is that bad? I don't know if that makes me a bad Eagles fan. I love Carson Wentz. I don't know. I mean, you're gonna have to be rooting against him. That's unfortunate, you know, because like I-, I guess I'll be able to cheer during Carson Wentz games now because when he throws. Interceptions. And well, well, well yeah. we're going to go through our game by game predictions next week, so I'm not going to oh, go into yeah. it now. But we'll handle that. Yeah, I was going to say Commanders or Jags, but we'll save it for next coming week. soon. Car- oh my God, it's Carson Wentz versus Doug Peterson. Yeah, and it's Carson Wentz versus his Kryptonite in the in the Jaguars. And I heard you echo again. <laughs> Who turned the volume up like that? I know you never used to hear that. Like even no matter like no, I, if you got maybe like, a little voice raise, but maybe it's not that. Maybe it's what we had happen last year. Or like remember that big echo? Oh that was yeah, happening yeah, yeah. consistently. Maybe it's back. Maybe I don't. We know. should tell Regs. But, <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. We are we are just loud people though. That's I I've noticed. I'm kind of yelling throughout this whole show, especially with the Rager thing. Yeah, disclaimer: so. if you're if you're listening with headphones in, I'm very KUR sorry. is not responsible for any headphone or ear damage. But, yeah, you know, we, we, we like to get a little excited on the Wednesday morning. You got to bring the energy. Got to you know? bring, dude. You have to bring. You know, when you're talking energy. about so many exciting. 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 Well, oh, my goodness. Spiting. Exciting. Mosquitoes be spiting people out here. Yeah, mosquitoes are just a nuisance in everyone's life. But exciting. Got it that time. Uh, exciting sports headlines. You have to bring the energy. You got to bring the heat, you know. It's like Chris Russo's high heat on MLB Network. I don't really like Mad Dog Russo, though. I mean, he's been a talk wow. show host for a while, but okay. I'm just not a fan. I'm not a fan. He, he's, he's like, he knows a lot. Book. He's fine. He knows a lot, and, you know, it's like he's been in the in the business for so long, but it's yeah. just like some of his takes are so stupid. <laughs> wow. He literally was like, Nick Oh, Sand- that was just straight up. This guy's Look, takes are stupid. Not, not the all guy. Of them, not know? all of them, but like. But, Wow. The other day he said Nick Saban is not the best college coach of all time. What? Who did he think was? I don't even know who he said. Chip uh, Kelly? Yeah, Chip <laughs> Kelly, the goat at Oregon. No, but like, if you don't like, Nick Saban has done so much at Alabama. He took Alabama from out of the, you know, dumpster fire they were down you know, in the late in 90s Alabama, and has made them where they love so Nick good. Saban. They're plenty of powerhouse, but it's just like, wow, I mean. He didn't even say, you know, Bear Bryant or anything else besides that. But, it's, yeah, Mad Dog Russo. Roll Tide. Interesting comments. Really? <laughs> no, I, uh, I was going to say, you're Penn State Penn guy. State and Clemson. Oh, my goodness. Stop with the Clemson. Oh what do you mean God. stop? I like Clemson. Boo. Stop it. It's Boo. like how I'm a Panthers fan, you know? Boo. What? I'm a Florida State fan. I don't like Clemson. Ah, who cares? 
What a time to be alive! That was Georgia Tech. I, I don't like Georgia Tech either. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Davis Mills is better than Jalen Hurts. I think oh, my, we're back. Dave, I would take Davis Mills over Jalen Hurts. But you wait, would you take Drew Locke over Jalen Hurts? I'd take anyone because really, least, man, here's that's, why. That's low, man. No, no, not talent wise. But my thinking is, if we had Drew Locke, at least people would know it's time to move on. And here, Jalen Hurts is a, a limbo state of where I saw it day one. I'm like, this guy is not an every an every down quarterback. This is not it. And uh, everyone else is like, well, maybe, you know, he, he can run. I don't care. He can't throw accurately. And he can't manage a game. And he's just not good. I don't know. There's not one thing I hate about Jalen. He's just not talented enough to win a Super Bowl, which is the end goal. Let's not, like... It's not dance around it, you know? Like, I want to win the Super Bowl. I think that minus Jalen Hurts, this is a Super Bowl roster. Like, what are we doing? And and to waste a second-round pick when we had so many other needs at that point was just brutal. On top, I mean, compounded with the pick before being Jalen Rager. The Jalens are just not working out. We, we love Jalen Rager. Why did you have to trade him, Howie? Why? Why? Howie, I, Howie is the one saving grace in my, my life. You know what's funny? What Let me is take a funny? quick flashback to 2020 after Rager was drafted. Wow. Oh, let's fire Howie Roseman. This guy doesn't know anything about football. Because Jalen Rager's terrible. terrible. Okay, Mitch, I understand that. But now it's like <laughs> Howie Roseman is, oh, Howie Roseman, he's the best executive in football. He, this guy knows exactly what he's doing. It took him two years to make up for a mistake. Do you know where we could be if we had Jefferson? We wouldn't have needed the Devontae Smith pick. I, I don't want to picture that, but um, see, it's a see, good thing. You don't want to. You know why? Because if Howie had done the right thing at that moment, I'm not saying Howie's not fantastic, and I love him dearly. And 2017 was the best year of my life. <laughs> but let's not pretend that that 28 uh, 2020 draft was anything good. That was just bad. To Ooh. be honest, I don't. I haven't really had a year like that. Like you know, like a year in sports for me personally. What do you? It was like this is like the greatest year of my life. Oh. How terrible. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, it just hasn't, almost 2015. Hasn't been that for me. Yeah, almost. 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 We so don't talk about that, though. So Thank you, Chase Utley. <sighs> Hate that guy. I love him. But, um, yeah, we've back been down Chiefs, this road before. Chiefs Yeah, Chiefs charge. I love when we said we were going to get right back to that after the break. And <laughs> Getting we just went right back to it. <laughs> 45 minutes later. <laughs> Two hours later. That was a really good impression. I'm going to just pat myself on the shorber for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Right on the 12. One eternity later. So much later that the old timekeeper died and they had to hire a new one. But yes. Okay, back to Chiefs Chargers. And this <laughs> is a debate we could have for a long time coming. But, you know, it's just... For me, why I'm so sold on the Chargers is that you know they were so close to the playoffs last year and they only got better. How can you not take them to beat a Chiefs team that... You know, they, were, they weren't in the best of positions. They were the victors of one of the greatest football games we've ever seen. And then they they got it together. But it's like, you know, I like the receiving moves they made. But the defense, mm, you know, it's just... it's. You the like their receiving moves? I was going to say, the, the receiver is the, the wild card for me in this. I don't know what to think of their receiver room. I think Juju's going to have a great year. Do you? Yeah. So you think Juju becomes the number one? Juju's going to be like that. He's not going to be Tyree Kill because he doesn't have the abilities, but he's going to take that Tyree Kill role, if you know what I'm saying. What about Sky Moore? I, he's another good sleeper guy. You know, Love they have him. a lot of guys who can run. I just missed Sky Moore in my fantasy. I got, yeah, I got Sky Moore in mine. Lucky. In, in my brother's league. 
I got but, a lot of good sleeper picks. I'll uh, I'll give my little cheese piece, and then I'll and then we'll transition into fantasy talk actually here, and then we'll uh, hit Jack's uh, college football uh, week zero as you called it. But oh, well, that's I, what it is. But yes, I think. Well, yeah, I, I know. I've never heard that actually before. Uh, I must have been living under a rock. But it's been like an adopted thing over the past couple of years. It's okay, like, it hasn't I, I knew it had to be a that. new thing because I'm not a huge college football guy, but uh, I, I do pay attention. So I was surprised I hadn't heard that. But I think I look at Patrick Mahomes. Just Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey. The, this offense, I think, for the Chiefs is going to be great. Maybe not Tyreek Hill great, but I mean, like we said, there's the, the thing is now teams don't know who to cover any given week. You know, let's say it could be uh, Juju the first week, and then it could be uh, Sky Moore or uh, who's the other guy they brought in? Um, oh, MVS. Yes, right? Marcus Aldis Scantling. Yeah, yes. they brought in MVS. You know, he. Now that he's out of Devontae Adams' shadow, could he break out? Like, they have a lot of uh, untapped talent, I think, that we, you know, we're not used to on the Chiefs. We're used to knowing that they're just a high-flying offense that's just going to put up points and points and points. And and this is this has been the Chiefs for a while, is they have a defense that's able to keep the team from scoring quite as many points as they do, right? They're never a dominant defense, right? Like, when they won the Super Bowl, they were losing that game most of the game against the uh, 49ers. And, it, you know, the defense made one play when it counted. And uh, I think that's really the kind of defense you're going to see from the Chiefs. Does it work? I mean, that doesn't always – that's risky behavior, sure. But, uh, you know, as as the uh, league progresses and we get toward the trade deadline, sure, I think you could uh, see them bolster the defense a little bit more and make it usable and, and manageable, able to give Patrick Mahomes – and if you have Patrick Mahomes in any game where you're winning or losing by up to 10, 14 – 17 points you're in that game with Patrick Mahomes Travis Kelsey the rest you know the list goes on uh so I think the the Chiefs just so well run so well built offensively uh for this modern day NFL uh and I don't quite believe in the Chargers offensive pieces as much that's basically what it comes down to I don't like Eckler I don't like um Williams or uh you don't like Keenan Allen no I I hate Keenan Allen why because he's just he's made of cardboard he's old and shriveled I think yeah, but okay, you can also make the case for the Chiefs. And while I like Juju, and well, not just Juju, because I think Juju's going to be the one consistent guy for them. I think he's just going to go out there and be the guy because they don't really have any other proven guys who are going to take away targets from him. So that's oh, they don't have Mahomes Travis Kelsey. Guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm in the receiver room. Guys. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean no. Kelsey's the tight end. Kelsey's course, basically a receiver. Yeah, exactly. But like outside of Kelsey, he's, he's going to get a share. Everyone knows yep. that though. Like that's not a new thing. Everyone knows Kelsey's going to get his fair share of targets. He's going to get a lot of targets. But for the wide receiver purposes, right. Juju's going to be the number one guy. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to overtake him. You know, Skymore could have breakout year. You got MBS there who has a lot. Who has you know he, he's made some flashes, but let's see if he can consistently do it. We have to flash back to 2019 when Juju was that consistent guy with the Steelers. That is that Antonio, feels so long ago. You know, and it's just like he was a top 20 receiver in the game. Like he yeah. was that good. He was. So like if you put him with Mahomes and that Mahomes offense, he can easily get back to that, I think. Okay. As long as he stays on the field. Yeah, see, thank you for arguing for my point. But like I like Juju Kelsey more than Juju. I like Keenan Allen. I don't know. And then uh, the Chargers tight end is uh, Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett, right? So Kelsey's clearly I, Kelsey better. Kelsey clearly him. better. That's Kelsey a clearly receiver. better. But like, if you look at the overall depth of the Chargers receiver room, we know what they have there. We're not exactly no, sure what the Chiefs don't. are going to get. We know two we of their have, receivers. We have Keenan Allen, who's going to be uh, good. We have Palmer. Mike Williams, is going to be nice, and you have Josh Palmer, who 
you know, he's kind of a little bit buried in the depth chart, but people are very high on him, what they've seen, you know, in training camp in the preseason. He could break out this year. If he can be a third guy in the mix of the Chargers, oh, my, look out. Here's look my out. here's my take. All right, and this is coming from the man that put Phillies and Orioles is on the map. Uh, the Chiefs receivers will be m- night and day better than the Chargers receivers. I will hold you to that. And I, don't, I, I think it'll be not – maybe I shouldn't have said night and day – but I don't no, think it'll be. I don't think it'll be close. You said I'm gonna, it's not like well they did better in this cat. No, they're gonna be across the board better. I just I something's gonna go wrong. I don't particularly think Williams or Allen are that good, uh, and I think Juju has way more upside than either of them. I think MVS could be a a you know kind of come out of his shell in the Andy Reid offense, and same with Sky Moore up and coming. I think he uh, is really looking up. Add on top of that, I, I think the Chiefs. Well, I don't. Maybe the Chiefs' running back room isn't better than the Chargers, but it's certainly more well-rated than the Chargers. Austin Eckler is not that good, um, but I I, th- I like Edwards Alaire. Uh, who is it? Ronald Jones now uh, on the Chiefs, and did, who else did they just sign? I forget. But uh, I just think the Chiefs are are gonna have that. That's basically where this take was going. Better receivers on the Chiefs. Rather than the Chargers, and we both agree, Mahomes and Herbert, very both very good quarterbacks. So it's not like well, one of them had a terrible quarterback. No, they're both great quarterbacks, both throwing to at least like I'll, I'll say competent receivers. And I just think the Chiefs are going to excel. You know what? Uh, you think the Chiefs wide receiver room is going to be night and day better than the Chargers? I think the Chargers win this division by a couple games. Wow! Not even one game. Nope. A couple. Game. Oh, I keep hearing myself. Two to three. Two to three games. I will. I. Uh, you know what? This is something that I'm becoming more confident in as the weeks have gone on, and this is a you know kind of hill I will die on. I'm very confident in the Chargers here. I think they could be. Wow. They have the capability to be the best team in the in American League. AFC. AFC. Yes. I think that um, stays with the Bills. I, I think it's the Bills too, but the Chargers have the capability. I okay. mean, they have all the talent. I, in the I world. think both these teams we're talking about do. Yeah, and they play each other twice, which is great. For and us. I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to be bad. No, I'm just I, saying I know that's not I what you're like saying. The Chargers. I'm just saying I like the Chargers personally more than I do the Chiefs. I think they're a more complete team. No, I don't think it's either or. No, I think both are pl- uh, easily. I think both the locks, playoff teams. Playoff locks. Playoff lo- first wild card, whichever one isn't the division winner. I think. Uh, agreed. So I, these are two very good teams. I think either one, even the wild card, one of them has a real shot to be in the Super Bowl. Um, I just, I, I think the Chiefs receivers are going to be, uh, like I said, night and day better than the Chargers. I think if the Chargers do outperform the Chiefs, it'll be because of running back and defense play. I think the quarterbacks are both very good receivers. I got to go Chiefs. So, I'm going to heavily disagree with you on that. But well, we can agree to disagree. We can. But we'll both agree that I'm right when the season's over. Well, we'll have to see. There are 17 games to decide. Yes, sir. Who will, you know, I, I'm not going to be, hey, if you're right, kudos to you. Oh, I and mean, if I, I'm wrong, I will tell you I'm wrong. And yeah, exactly. And I will be upset with yeah, myself. That, that is one of the great things. Wrong. One of the great things about about this show. Right. We will uh, we will hold ourselves to our takes. We take full accountability for what Absolutely. we say on the air. And we will come back and say, wow, I was, you know, delusional for making this take or wow i was really <laughs> yeah. really on it with that take so well, that is one thing you can to, hold us to goes back to us not being paid like i don't have to save face and like this is my career is my takes you know it's like yeah. i don't gotta be sitting across you like like skip bayless and, and chris carter and all them you know it's and like shannon sharp yeah. yeah oh yeah shannon sharp and and uh nick uh what can i think of nick right nick Wright. yeah exactly 
So uh, it's not like we have to, you know, this is like what we do. This is like, this is fun. And, and I'll tell you what yeah. I'm wrong. And uh, Absolutely. Currently, I am not ready to say that about the Phillies Orioles because I'm not wrong yet. So, not uh, yet. <laughs> not yet, my That my time may come, though. But anyways, let's go to another uh, area where we could both be proven very right or very wrong in very uh, concrete ways. Fantasy football. You and I both play it, right? Yes, we do. I just had my uh, – I'm in a league here uh, with some guys at Kutztown. How about you? I, I, yep, I'm in a couple leagues. And, uh, my brother runs a league that he's been doing for a while, so I'm in nice. that league. And then I'm doing a league with my buddy Jake. He done just I'm the first year in this league, so okay. So doing two leagues this year. An very expansion excited. team. Yeah, yeah, an expansion team that does not have a name yet. So I'm <laughs> oh, come okay. I can't say my name on air, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I probably could. I just really don't want to take that risk. Uh, <laughs> so yes, my team is. Uh, well, I had the 1-1, actually. I got the first overall pick in the draft. I hate the first overall pick in the draft. I love it because I got to take my man, not Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey. That's a gamble. I know, but, hey, I have his jersey. And you do. I, I kind of want to make that investment worth it, so I'm going to go with it. And uh, No, honestly, I think uh, that the theme with my team we were talking about is boom or bust. I, I think when McCaffrey's healthy... He's better than Jonathan Taylor. Uh, when he's not, obviously, he's getting you zero points a week. So, uh, And then Dak Prescott, uh, Josh Jacobs is my running back, too. Uh, Evans, Mike Evans, that is. Uh, Deontay Johnson and Michael Thomas in my flex. Those are my receivers as of now. And then uh, Mark Andrews is my tight end. So, you know, we kind of talked about this at our, at our last Chick-fil-A date, Jack, but... Uh, a lot of boomer bust, and that's my mentality with a lot of things in life, and I, I transferred it to my fantasy football. Big moment was in that second round, picking Mark Andrews at the tail end, uh, and then going with Evans rather than uh, like a running back like I was looking at Saquon, right? I, I wish Leonard Fournette would drop to me, but he, he didn't. Um, so I ended up going with those uh, basically two receivers, you know, and uh, didn't have to worry about tight ends later in the draft, which is awesome because there was a run on them that I would have missed out on. So what do you think? How do you think I'm going to do? Well, I think you're going to do good, but we'll talk about this after. We've got to get a quick message from our station, but we will be back for the last segment of the Wednesday windup with Fantasy Football Talk, and then we will preview week one of college football. A lot of yes. exciting games coming up this week, not only on the weekend slate, but Thursday and Friday as well. So stick with us for the final segment of the Wednesday windup coming your way next. And welcome back into the Wednesday windup, everybody. Final about 20 minutes or so here of today's show, and it's just been so good to be back behind the microphone. Uh, for the first week of this semester and, you know. Doing you know, two hours. A lot of excitement. Yeah, full two hours for the first time ever with, you know, myself and Mitch. It's but, actually the second time. Oh, yes, we did do it one time last semester. So. Yeah, I cut class for that. Yeah. Unknowingly. Unknowingly. <laughs> Unknowingly. <laughs> that was a situation. That was a, that was a situation. <laughs> that was but, the NOLA uh, freakout day. That was the NOLA freakout day. Yes, it was. But um, we're going to quickly wrap up our discussion of fantasy football before we preview some of the hottest college football matchups. Make sure we're going into your team. And, you know, yes, it is very boomer bust. Um, you know, you got a lot of guys who can return and be very good players, but also have some injury histories. So oh, yeah. The one, I know, mean, injuries real... between McCaffrey, Jacobs, Thomas, now Johnson uh, is and, and uh, Evans had some preseason injury concerns. And then you go to my bench. It's like Rashad Penny and uh, Antonio Gibson. Like the boomer bust doesn't end with the starters. No, it does not. It's going to be a, a very interesting, uh, very interesting time. Of course, um, you know, mentioning Antonio Antonio Gibson, you know, you have to quickly mention the uh, the Robinson situation there down in uh, down in D.C. Just a tragic uh, situation. Thankfully, 
His injuries uh, were not life-threatening, and we're very glad for that. Uh, that is much bigger than football, fantasy football, any of that. Um, you know, so our, our thoughts are with him and the rest of the uh, the team um, recovering from that situation. Um, but moving on, yeah, it's just a lot of like totally uh, trying to figure out what's going to happen. You know, Michael Thomas is my flex. Which, if you told me that the last time I had Michael Thomas, twenty nineteen, I'm like, what is wrong with you? But that's where we are. And uh, personally, I think he comes back and he is a star. I think I got a steal in like, what is that, the sixth round or wherever I took him. So personally, that's the pick I'm really excited about. What do you think about Michael Thomas? I think, I mean, he's proven he has all the talent in the world, but he just needs to be able to stay on the field. And that's going to be the one thing it boils down to again. So he's fully healed. He's got it. He's got it. He's just got it. Not even a doubt. What'd your teams end up looking like? All right, so we're gonna go through some of the quick star players. My team and first pick, sixth round. Of first pick, sixth round. Sixth overall. <laughs> That's pick. a long wait. Sixth <laughs> overall pick. Uh, I got Najee Harris. I'm high on Harris this mm, year. I He's am got not. talent. I know. You, we were talking about this yesterday, um, but yes, uh, I took Najee Harris over some notable names of Dalvin Cook. Uh, Derrick Henry, yeah, I know. Crazy. Derrick Henry? Yep. You passed on the king? I know, I know. Najee? But it's full PPR. I don't care. I, so, I care zero. Okay. Who's right. throwing to Najee? Um, well, no one throws. Uh, Henry doesn't get much receiving work anyway. But anyway, it was my pick. I took Najee. I'm high on Najee's All year. right, all right. Yeah. He could be you a gotta go with your guy. He has the capability. Absolutely. He has the capability. Um, but then I got Stefan Diggs with the 19th pick. Second round. Oh, that makes up for it, and then some. So, yeah. Then I got T. Higgins after that for the Bengals. Good pick. Uh, then I went to uh, my flex spot. I'm going to go to Rashad Bateman from the Ravens, the number one receiver there. Uh, but I can also throw Travis Etienne into that mix. I got Etienne in the fourth round as my second-slash-third running back paired with Elijah Mitchell from San Francisco. He's going to be in an increased role this year. Um, so I think he's going to thrive in that San Francisco offense. Uh, and then I got... You know, some sleeper guys like Josh Palmer we've referenced earlier. Got Drake London from Atlanta um, late, a little bit later on. And then I have the automatic field goal maker, Justin Tucker, as my kicker. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Awesome. I like my team. And then I got Aaron Rodgers at the quarterback spot. So Okay. Yeah, I love the ETN and uh, Bateman, you know, kind of compounding for your, your flex area there. That's uh, a really good dynamic, I think. And the, the digs is just so fun i love stefan diggs yeah i love stefan diggs too so um you know he's i think he's gonna be he's always been a good player but i think he's gonna have a great year this year you know keep building his his uh you know his partnership with josh allen yeah absolutely they are just two of the greatest players in the league i think uh just with a great connection already and it's only going to grow as they uh they chase that elusive uh super bowl and even afc championship they haven't made that in uh quite some time even through these last few good years right no they made it once did they yeah, they lost to the Chiefs the year before. Um, oh. Yep, in route to Kansas City getting smacked by Tampa Bay in that the Super Bowl. year just completely slipped my mind. Was That that was COVID, right? Yes. That's that why. was 2020. That is 2020, and that is why. Um, so is this your family league or your uh, your buddy's league? That's my buddy's league. Okay, cool. So All right. Um, Take it down. Uh, you said Jake? Yes, yeah. Okay. Take it down. My buddy Jake runs the league. So. Watch out, Jake Goodell. Yeah, J- <laughs> Jake Goodell. No, that's more my brother. My brother is uh no the lead the lead joke is El Kamish, but he's actually he's actually a pretty good commissioner in all seriousness. We okay. just like to poke some fun at him. Yeah. But um I'm not you know, I have to switch accounts to that because I have you know I messed up. So <laughs> I don't want to have to spend time logging out, logging in. Yeah, We're gonna no, go to college good. football to, to wrap college. up the show. We have a lot of good we uh, you know, games. Week one is packed with excitement, wall to wall. 
And it starts Thursday. The backyard brawl is taking place for the first time in 11 years, and that is between West Virginia and Pitt. 17th-ranked Pittsburgh with new quarterback Keaton Slavis to transfer from USC coming in. Uh, he's going to try to fill the shoes that Kenny Pickett uh, had there and led Pitt to the 2021 ACC Championship, taking down Wake Forest. Um, but, you know, I think that's certainly going to be a good match to look forward to. Pitt favored by 7.5. And, and, you know, it's just going to be a bitter game. These two teams, when they were in the Big East together, were arch rivals. And when they played each other every year before the Big East folded in football, of course, they were still a basketball conference. But, you know, those two teams don't like each other. It's going to be a fun little uh, rivalry to open up the season. We're going to stick with Thursday night. We got a Big Ten showdown with your boys and Penn State. Yes, sir. Traveling Let's go. to take on Purdue. And Sorry, Penn State favored I, yep. by three and a half. Um, you know, Sean Clifford entering his sixth year when he felt like he's been at Penn State for a decade. Doesn't it? I feel like he's been here forever. Yeah. Well, Sean Clifford, you know, we got to pose the question. Will Sean Clifford ever leave Penn State? I don't know. Mm, I don't know. Sean it's Clifford, just... age 34, entering his 25th <laughs> year at Penn State. It's like the Schwarber but... thing all over again. <laughs> Back for year number six. Back uh, for year number six. Again. Six, year six, 3.0. But yeah. yes, uh, interesting game. You know, going to Purdue's never easy. You know, Purdue's that team, if, you know, they're like the Diamondbacks. If you sleep on them like this year, because the Diamondbacks last year were terrible. But, you know, Purdue's that team, if you sleep on Purdue, um, they, they can, you know, they can bite you in the tail. They could, uh, they, and they, they, they have before to a Absolutely. number of teams. What is Penn State's current ranking, by the way? They are not ranked. Wow. Really? Yep. Penn State unranked. What? Finished last year 8-4. and four. This year starting the year unranked, but just outside the top 25. Wow. From the Associated okay. Press. But they can certainly play their way into it. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to just take a quick glimpse uh, at Penn State's schedule. They open at Purdue, and then they come home and play Ohio. Travel to Auburn in Week 3 before Central Michigan in Week 4, and then that's when they start really rolling into Big Ten play. So, you know, if you know if Penn State, things could get off to a rough start for James Franklin. If they do... You know, we saw the past couple of years. a rough start. He's played Purdue, Ohio. Um, that Auburn game, though. Auburn's in Auburn, tough, but it's there's tough. two, you know, cupcakes before that. Maybe You and Josh maybe, said the same thing. Maybe some thorny cupcakes. But you and Josh say the same thing. And I don't want to, if Penn State loses that game, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the guy I to sit here and say Purdue was a threat and you just seemingly did not perceive them to be one. Uh, but before we get back into our college football discussion here to wrap up today's show, we got a quick message from the KUR Notebook. Attention, KU community. Did you know that KU faculty and staff members can join KUR? Contact KUR at kutztown.edu to express your interest in joining. You can also call 610-683-4059 or stop by rooms 188 or 190 in the McFarland Student Union. Check out our Instagram for information about our meetings. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University. K-U-R. Ten minutes to go, Jack. We're really turning back the time machine, by the way, Jack. Yeah, we really My headphones are. just came unplugged again because um, I, like, moved my chair. For those that don't know, it was, like, I think it was the first time you had me on the show. And I was, like, so nervous because I was, like, oh, my God, I want to I wanna impress him and, and all this stuff. And halfway through... The headphones come unplugged under the desk, and it was like over 30 seconds where I'm squirming around trying to find the cord under the desk, and Jack's looking at me, all while keeping the show going, I might add. This man's a pro. Jack, give yourself a round of applause. You didn't break stride, and then he ended up kicking the cord to me, and uh, order was restored, but that that just really brought me back right there. It's good to be back. It is. It is good to be back. And, you know, we, we keep things going. Chaos ensues, but <laughs> what does panicking 
do in a time of yeah, mere chaos. It does you no good. Where are we you going with that? Calm, sense. cool, and collected. I wasn't really sure. Did you have that planned out? No. No. But why? Why would you panic in a time of? Um, um, it's like that. Uh, come on, baby. What's the name? <laughs> what's the name? What's the name? <laughs> we throw out his name. Uh, we're gonna be referencing SpongeBob a lot on this show, and we yes. just do it on air, off air. It's never, never fails. It never has a time to fail. But you know, Penn State and Purdue. It's we are gonna be in it. Yeah, going we to are. beat Purdue. Well, um, we yes, are. I think. I think you. they will. I think they will. Confident. But it's gonna be tight. It's gonna be tight. Um, Is that a nationally broadcast game? Uh, yes, on Fox. On Fox. Yes, on All right. Fox. We're going to go to Friday. Uh, go just, for it. You know, some ranked teams taking on some, yeah, a little bit of cupcakes. Michigan State plays Western Michigan there, number 15. Illinois plays Indiana in another Big Ten tilt. Um, and that's kind of really all the exciting. TCU-Colorado, that's an interesting matchup. Colorado's Jaylen kind of Rager. a bottom <laughs> in the Pac-12. And Jalen Rager's Jaylen alma mater and TCU. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, maybe an interesting one. But we're going to go to Saturday with a lot of interesting ones. Here we go. I mean... NC State taking on East Carolina, potential sleeper matchup. You know, NC State favorite eleven and a half, and they're going to have a good year. But East Carolina, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a rivalry there. I like uh, both those teams, by the way. So yeah, the Pirates. Um, another one here uh, in the day slate, three thirty. Two top fifteen teams going at it in the Chick Fil A kickoff. Chick Fil A, Atlanta, Georgia. We got to celebrate. You got the Oregon Ducks, number eleven, Dan Lanning, the former Georgia Bulldogs defensive coordinator, now the head coach at Oregon, and former Auburn quarterback, the SEC transfer Bo Nix, will be starting for the Ducks in this game, and going off against Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs, the reigning national champions, third ranked in the country. Wow. So both these teams have a lot of familiar faces with each other. Landing a part of that Georgia coaching staff that won that national championship. Just a year ago. But I think Georgia's going to take this one comfortably. They're 17-point favorites. Uh, and that just shows the you know, disparity between these two teams. Just because you're a top 11 team in the country uh, does not mean you are on the equal footing of the top five teams. And, you know, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole now. I can say this for another time. But, you know, that's what the big argument for the college football playoff expansion is, is that well, you know, you never know what can happen if you make it 12 teams. These teams can, uh, you know, you know, some stunners can happen. Okay, that's a possibility. But, you know, if you look at the regular season matchups between, you know, the threes versus the 11s or the twos versus, you know, the 12s of the world, they're not particularly close matchups. Cut um, to uh, so. 7 p.m. Saturday night. And uh, Oregon has stud Georgia in a 31-28 no victory. No chance. What a stutter we just watched. Nope. No, no chance. The uh, Oregon kicker with the game winner from 43 yards out. It was right down the middle. Yeah, I see no Wouldn't chance. Wouldn't that be quite a call, man? I see no scenario where that happens. That would be quite the call, but no no scenario that when that happens. I think Georgia wins. Georgia wins comfortably. We're going to keep going here. Mitch, if you want to get your thoughts on some of these. I oh, no, I, I like uh, what you just guru. said. Well, I, am a, I, am an expan- I am an expansionist. I would love to see more teams in the playoffs. Of course, you're an expansionist. We'll we'll get to this next week. Well, I, I have to. For we don't our have ratings. We don't have enough time. <laughs> um, but <laughs> top twenty five to tilt. Top twenty five tilt. Cincinnati at twenty three, taking on number nineteen Arkansas. The Hogs favored by six and a half. Sam Pittman's done a really good job turning around that Razorbacks program from the laughing stock they were just a few years ago when North Texas had a fake fair catch punt return for a touchdown on one of the many embarrassing plays to that <laughs> Arkansas team. So it's great to see them, you know, back and looking better. Ranked. Uh, Rice and USC. 
Um, that's not really an interesting one, but the Trojans under new coaching staff, Lincoln Riley. Um, oh, and, you really? Know, Lincoln I have, Riley. Yeah, I listened to a podcast called The Late Kick uh, with Josh Pate from 24-7 Sports. Free and one plug. Of, one of his, you know, I don't, you know, check him out if you like college football, but I'm not going to spend too much more time on this. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, one of his big rules is don't lose the food. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you, you know, don't lose to Rice. USC, you're 32 and a half don't point lose favorites. Don't lose to Purdue is uh, my chicken tender brand, you know. Ah. Okay. That would be a little bit, uh, you know, interesting thing in your life if Purdue beats Penn State. You I mean. You throw away all yeah. your chicken. No, I, I would never. <laughs> I could not. I need to survive, Jack. You do. Well, not if Penn State loses. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Utah traveling down to the swamp to take on the Florida Gators in Gainesville. Utah, number seven, ranked in the country. The Utes projecting to be very good this year. Um, But we're going to wrap it up talking about a couple of the biggest matchups. Two, one for me personally, but arguably the biggest matchup of the day on Saturday, and it's the Nightcapper. 7.30 p.m. on ABC. It's the number five ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish traveling to the shoe in Columbus, Ohio to take on the number two ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. It's a top five tilt to start the year and my dad's a big Notre Dame fan he's ready for this one uh-huh. he is ready to go he's been saying all this time I think Notre Dame's gonna go in there and win this one and I'm like nah, I, I would love know. that yes many many Penn State fans will but uh I've been a, a sort of like under the radar like I haven't even realized I've been developing uh some appreciation for Notre Dame because my father hates them because uh they were the like out of conference like um they didn't ever pick a division, you know. Yeah, what they I mean? were just an independent. Yeah, and he didn't like that, so he always like hated them. Hated them, and I was like, "Ooh, they make my dad uh, angry." So I'm gonna go with them. <laughs> Over time, I just realized that when you said Notre Dame, like my, I perked up. I'm like, Notre Dame, fight Irish. I also like the fight in Irish. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'll go with Notre Dame, man. I, I might ride with Notre Dame this year a little bit. You know? Okay. College football, there's enough teams where you can pick a few. I yeah. Think. And my dad, my dad, and also roots for Penn State because my brother went to Penn State. So. Oh no way! Yes. Wow, um, high so. blood there. Yes, yes, there is. But yes, it's a 17-point favorite for Ohio State. It is a wow. Fat, it is a and fat what are they ranked line. two and two four? and five? Oh, five. So that is what I'm saying. It only further proves my point that oh, just because you're two lose. top five, <laughs> that there are not um, you know disparities there, and this, you know that's a big margin of favored victory for Ohio State in this the one. Ohio State. But um, yeah, I think both these teams are going to be very solid. They're going to be in the top ten, both of them. I think when the year comes to an end. But it's going to be a very exciting matchup to start week one of the college football season. Oh, I'm watching that one. You know, and yeah, you know, I think a lot of people's eyes are going to be glued to the TV for that one. Absolutely. But then they're going to go to Sunday. And this one is personal for me. My Florida State Seminoles are traveling to New Orleans, Louisiana. Ooh, LSU. And the All-State Louisiana kickoff in the Caesars Superdome against the LSU Tigers. Um, wow. And I don't like Brian Kelly, which is why I didn't like Notre Dame for the longest time. And now that he's out of there, I don't really mind Notre Dame. Okay. Um, yeah, I just don't like Kelly. He's probably one of my least favorite coaches in the country. So this only adds more fuel to the fire for me and hoping that Florida State wins this game. LSU favored by three right now. Is but it that it, close? It is. Wow. You know, okay. people are high on Florida State to be better than they for were no last year and make reason, a bowl game. But Okay. Okay, well, let's not go there. And then on Monday night, Clemson is going to beat the brakes off of Georgia Tech. My let's goodness, go, the poor Clemson. Yellow Jackets. No, I do not share that same sentiment. But final 10 seconds of the show, we just want to say thank you, everyone, for listening in to the first episode back for the fall semester of the Wednesday lineup. Mitch, yeah. glad to be back here with you. Thanks for having and me. And signing off, stick with KUR to listen to some of the great shows tonight, and we'll see you next week.